See, I assume, I assume you're, you're hitting record at the same time you do the old, uh, you know, launch the, the Facebook thing. Because then I think that feels like now we're on, right? Yeah, well, sometimes I do a little stagger. I, I make sure the meeting is being live streamed, and then I... Oh. Then, only then do I hit record. There was a couple of seconds there that, you know, was exclusive to the Facebook. Well, sometimes we do that. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Like, okay. Everything's groovy. Yo. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. I don't know. You yeah. take you take it, man. You guys take it. You guys take it. You know. Where you get started. Get, let, let's get started. The button. Um, all the, the buttons are pushed. So this is the show. But you, listen, you guys, what, what direction do you want to go in? Oh, there, you know what? There's a cavalcade. Is that the proper word for that? I don't know. I'm not. I'm. You're the word guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get started. <clears throat> this episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a table next to a balcony. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Architect Outdoor Living. Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who are not concerned about the extreme heat waves around the world, since conservatives around the world say it's normal. Don't politicize the climate. It's Humble and Fred. Jeff Lumby, another good friend of ours, will uh, join us uh, today. What's that, Freddie? Don't say conservatives around the world. That's not fair. Okay, what, There's lots of conservatives that believe in climate change i i could be one all right so i'm i'm okay so what would i should have i said extreme conservatives whack jobs yeah whack job conservatives yeah you got to be very careful you know conservatives uh, are very thin-skinned at times (laughs) no but howie it's just and again not to get too serious about this, it's just, you know, I mean, you know, the, uh, in today's society, you're not supposed to generalize or stereotype or throw a blanket over anyone. And I just don't mm. think that's fair. Unless it's conservatives. conservatives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless it's conservative. I don't want to get too serious. I have a couple of things I've planned for you two for this segment. Oh, I have a couple farts. of things. Well, no. Not farties. Um, as I mentioned, Lummy's going to be here in about a half an hour, so Dan's going to stick around and do the news and do uh, Dan Durant's back on a real microphone. Yeah. Um, Dan, did you hear how you sounded yesterday? I was afraid to, so no, I did not. This episode was... of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Eric. That didn't sound, it sounded just like you sound now. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement wow. Sherpa, anyway. the Chambers Plan. Um, yeah, we got a lot of stuff like to I'm get talk, to. Talking in a garbage can. No, it did. I, it sounded uh, a little bit different than the normal Dan Duran. And you know, Fred. No, no, nobody, yes. nobody is more into audio efficacy. Is that the word? Than Dan Duran. Yeah, I was. So, uh, I knew you'd be ashamed of yourself. I was. I was. And am. Did you get? Did you get that file in time for the end of the show yesterday? Yeah, I did. Okay. Good. The um, yeah. Um, although it was explained right off the top that it was more an experiment. It was like a fun little uh, bit to have Dan. Speaking through that microphone. Oh, yeah, it was a great bit. 
No, it was because, <laughs> as you say, he is just so conscious of sound and quality and um but what it did was make us sound like a lot of other podcasts <laughs> actually i'm still blown away at how often i you know you hear these uh podcasts are so celebrated and then you listen to them and it's two people talking to each other at different levels and one of one quality and the other of the other quality um it's yeah it's hard to believe even and you're saying is some of these you are from ex-broadcasters Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Very interesting. Is it? Interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. And funny. It's be funny. Uh, I had a conversation. I'm going to get to this thing I'd planned in a segment. I had a conversation with somebody who was really not aware of us doing podcasts. Knew who we were. Mm-hmm. Had, uh, in, in fact, the conversation started. It was a golf, obviously, during a golf round. When we uh, met up on the first tee, we, I just sort of joined this group. He goes, hey, it's the radio guy. I'm like, hey, I, you know, yeah, I love that, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the radio guy. And, but it turned out he was a listener of ours years ago. And, of course, during the course of the day, we talked about the fact that we're doing this show now and how 12 years have gone by and we've been doing podcasts. And He really wasn't a podcast listener, but a guy in our age group. <laughs> And it turns, but anyway, the point I'm trying to make is the conversation turned to the the difference between he's he's a sort of a talk radio guy, and I said the difference between talk radio and a podcast is if you're listening to a sports talk show and you don't want to hear about the sport that they're talking about, you're sort of stuck. I said, but if you and I are on a road trip right now, you know, we could listen to any sports any sport mm-hmm. we wanted to. There's a podcast for it. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's the huge game changer for AM radio or talk radio in general and how much better podcasting is because of the choice. The only thing about podcasting with guys with our history, and again, I don't want to sound, you know, self-indulgent or whatever the term may be. It's just when people say, hey, are you still doing the podcast? I go, yeah, absolutely. And it's going well. It's just. You know, when we used to work on radio, it was sort of an exclusive club. Podcasting isn't really an exclusive club anymore. I mean, the guy next door this afternoon could start a podcast from his basement. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yep. it's just that feel to it. It's like sometimes when people say, you're still doing the podcast. It's like... No, I know to me. You know what I'm saying? Because, it's like because they're oh. because there's do- because their daughter's friend has a podcast. Th- this is it. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. So you just think what's going on in their mind? Like, oh, they're doing the podcast. Are you? Yeah. That's cute. <laughs> no, I know because everyone. Dan is the only person I know that doesn't have yeah. a podcast. Is Dan? Dan should have a podcast, and he should have one. Man, He's the Dan Duran podcast. I would listen to that with anticipation each day. It was it was produced. No, and again, we've beat this drum a million times. Dan should be working on some kind of a quirky DIY show. Yeah. He should be. It's a huge market for it. What's the matter with you? You have the looks, you have the voice, you have the... And, and uh, DIY, but the, but the acronym should be, you know, Dan It Yourself. Sure, whatever. See, it's time for Dan It Yourself. I'm Dan Duran, and I'll show you how to Dan it yourself and show you how to fix all sorts of stuff around the house. Dan, do you have no thirst for that? No passion? No. You're, you come from the medium. You, 
in front of a camera. You such now a I'm pleasant man. Pleasant, yes. pleasant delivery. Like maybe Dan it yourself is the thing. I just haven't Dan found. I just haven't found this. That's subject. your hook. Have you been looking? <laughs> I don't think you've been looking, Dan. Uh, All right. Well, okay, Danny, yourself. I'll start Danny working out. Let me, let me workshop that in my head. See if I can it's, work that out. It's yeah. time for Dan it yourself. Yes. <laughs> so what's next on the cavalcade? Wow, you really don't want to go down this improv road, eh? See, I love it the way he changes subject. <laughs> Not only does he change the subject, he curb stomps the bit. Mm-hmm. The bit's now dead. <laughs> the bit is dead. <laughs> Well, we were done with the bit. No, we? no. We see if we no. see we weren't done with the bit. What we could oh, have right. done with the bit is you could have gone. Yes, like you know, you could have then gone into episode one, um, uh, all sorts of stuff. Anyway, doesn't you matter. look at Mike Holmes and that Brian Bombsma guy or whatever his yeah. name is? You're better looking than both of those guys. You're more, you're more pleasant than both of them. Yeah, they can be pleasant fellows, but not as pleasant as Dan Duran. No, I mean, there's a whole opening there for you. Jump in, yeah. okay. All right. Well, I'll take the, I'll take it kind. I'll take it with kindness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sent to me in, and uh, I'll work with it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. I'll take, See, the, with, I'll I'll take it with kindness. <laughs> those, 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 <laughs> I am, shut up. those two guys both have crazy amounts of experience. I mean, they they you know ran their yes, own company. Yes, but you know what? You can't get experience without experiences. Right. Have you seen some of those clueless? Uh, I won't say it. Anyway, no. all right. Some I of like the clueless uh, people. I won't say what gender. What clueless people have some of those shows? It's just unbelievable. Anyway, right. all right, all right, Dan. We'll get off uh, this. Get her done, eh, Dan? Get her done. We'll okay. get off this because it's an unpleasant. Uh, it's you know what, Daniel. It's all just funsies. Okay, I, I get it. Yeah, it's all just Sorry. fun. Sorry. From here on in, it's smooth sailing with me. I'll just go with the bits. What are we? What are we going to go with? Now? <laughs> okay. Well, here comes the bit. All right. <laughs> here comes a new bit. Okay. With one of our favorite artists, it's Abba Boom ninety seven three. Ooh, I hit the little post there. You did. Yeah. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills. I have to pay. Um, I don't think I know this song. Do you guys know it? No. It's called Money, Money, Money. Yeah, I know Money, Money, Money. When did they start singing about money? I hear it, and like all other ABBA songs, I don't like it. (laughs) You don't remember playing this song? Is that all conservatives or just you that doesn't like ABBA? (laughs) (laughs) Neil, here we go. All right, I know this song. <laughs> All right. You may have heard yesterday, I uh, was going to bring it up on the show, but then I thought about it during the day. I went, oh, here's a way better angle. A $900 million U.S. Powerball jack prize, uh, jackpot grand prize, jack prize, was up for grabs yesterday in the Monday drawing. The third largest, by the way, in the Powerball's history. Uh, were you aware of that at all, guys? Yeah, I heard. Did it know what he wanted, though, right? I don't know. That I've known, yeah. this, I, I only had the story mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah. And I was going to bring it up as uh, just something to talk about. And then I thought about it during the day. So what I need you two to do is get a piece of paper. Yeah. And I want you to write uh, under one uh, heading, give... 
<laughs> the other heading, receive. And, um, or, well, yeah, so start with give and receive. And I want you to write uh, Howard and, and Dan underneath give and Howard and Dan underneath receive. Just do it. Okay. Okay. Okay, so here's the question. If you won $900 million, Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you times won, we've done this I bit. know, but this is formal now. because No, this is a new twist. No, you're this testing us. This is a new twist. I'm not testing. You're trying to, you're trying to measure our friendship. Or no, 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 no. Yes, you are. Okay, listen. <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to write Howard and Dan or Howard no, and Fred? No, you write Howard and Fred. I write Dan and Fred. I've written Fred and Dan. And <laughs> and um, so under re- under give, you write, what would you give Fred? I, I'm going to write, what would I give Fred and Dan? And then that's the reason I want you to write down. So you can't change your answer. Okay. So 900 million. Right. I'm going to write down what I would give you to. I'm going to write it down here. And so you'll be able to see it. No going back. And and what I would expect to receive from you two if you won nine hundred million, okay? Okay, and that, by the way, they can be the same, they can be different, and that's why this isn't a test of you know who's best these friends. It's more of just an example of you know what people's expectations would be should a friend of theirs because and then and I want to and, and after we do the little bit here, I, I want to ask if uh, a little follow up on this. Um, but okay, let's start. Let's start with Dan because, you know, he's the most awkward. So, Dan. Um, <laughs> okay. If uh, you won 100 million, what would you give uh, Fred and Howard? How much? I would, uh, the same amount, both for giving and receiving, I would give 30 million. Okay. Very good. And there's um, a reason. Okay. What's your reason? The reason is, is that, that, I mean, I don't know, somewhere around there would be the point where, you know, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be any money disparity. Even if exactly. I had, you know, seven, eight hundred million still left kicking around, you guys would be in the same, same multi-million dollar club and we could still go to the, the golf clubs. Or okay, whatever. I love it. <laughs> no. We could still, we could still hang out because you, because you hang out and, you know, go to yeah. golf clubs and not golf. Just walk around. Just exactly. walk around and yeah. buy shit. Okay. No, that's fine. Listen. You know, God, conservatives are sure hard on Dan. <laughs> All right, Fred. Uh, so Dan said he would give us both 30 million and would expect 30 million from us. What was your number? We'll start with receive. I'd be happy with five million dollars. I just think that would be a nice little. So your expectations stiffen. were that Dan and I would give you five million. Yes. OK. And what would you give yes. us? Eight hundred fifty million. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuck! You didn't write that down. You would not you give us your luck. Eight hundred fifty million. It's bullshit. Now, does that prove my friendship to you? No, it's not about. <laughs> okay, so I'll tell you what I. So I would give you both okay. ten million. That's uh-huh. it. I, what do you mean that's it? You're only giving me fucking five. You were only expecting five. You were only giving. Okay. Oh, no. You were getting only. Okay. I see. You were giving us 850 million. Um, because yeah. you didn't want to play this game. I was going to, I would say the same thing. I would expect to receive 10 million. Dan Duran turns out to be the most generous of the three of us because I wouldn't have thought 30 million. I would have thought if you wanted 900 million, 10 million would be fine. Now that Dan's put it, <laughs> Dan's upped it, I will expect 30 million. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah. 10's nice. Like, Sure. Why not? You know, because uh, that also carries some responsibility with it. You 
you know, you drop a lot of money in someone's lap and then you're partly responsible for the result. When they go insane. I mean, that's something to think about. Um, but if you gave me 10, I would give each of my kids 4.5 and then just keep 500 myself. That would be nice. It would set them up for their lives. And, and then it's all I would need. And yeah, that's the type of thing I would do. 10 would be fine with mm, me. Okay. Though. Of course, I walk, walk away thinking, "What the fuck's he doing with the rest of that?" <laughs> Why? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, because oh, after this little bit, I'm so hoping Dan Duran wins it because then we get more money. Dan yeah, Duran's giving us a Powerball, anyway. Is that an American? Dan Duran's giving us thirty million. Uh, yeah, it's a power. Well, obviously, it's a an American thing. I don't know where. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think uh, several states have them. Do you know what and the tax, uh, taxable, by the way? Yeah, of course, in America, it's taxable. But what, do you know what the if that's the third largest, they must have had a couple over a billion dollars. I think so, Howard. Wow. Every so often it pops up in the news. Now, I don't know if it's that one in particular, but I did hear a report yesterday about a huge lottery and there was no winner. It may not have been that one. But those Powerballs, similar to here in Canada, when there's no winner, right? They just inflate. like They roll over? They roll over. Hmm. So I, the, the follow-up, and I was thinking about this, because I know we've had discussions like this, but I don't know anybody. Well, I don't know them personally. Well, let me start with you two. I'll tell you my story after. Do you know anyone that's ever won, like, a significant amount of money? Yeah, my sister-in-law recently, I told you. But like she won, uh, didn't win like tens of millions. Oh, no, no, no. But quarter million playing online poker. Ontario Lottery Corporation, yeah. Well, that's the biggest one. I Same here. I would have heard, well, that I would know somebody that knew somebody. Although Dan- apparently my old general manager, my first, maybe my first general manager at CFNY, I won't say his name. Apparently, he won a million. I really? heard that. How about you, Dan? Uh, the most, I, I think, Lisa, with a bunch of worker uh, fellow workers, won some a bunch of money. I think it was like ten thousand or something like that. You talking about girlfriend Lisa? Girlfriend Lisa, yeah, the woman who you live with. Yeah, I, I bet I. You know, I, that was years <laughs> ago. So, <laughs> hey, how about this? You win nine hundred million, right? And then you know. Not that that's a problem, obviously, but from that can be problems. And we've talked about that over the years, you know, charities, expectations, relatives, uh, expectations and the pressures that it can put on you. Um, Can you imagine being in that situation? You win all that money and there's sort of a lineup of, say, relatives and there's some and you'd like to be very generous for those relatives. But there's one on that list that you just don't want to give any fucking money to on Hmm. just because you don't like them. Well, you know what you do. What do you do? You have them killed because because <laughs> you you've can got afford it because you can I afford guess. it. Uh-huh. Um, I only know I don't know this person, but I, I've told you this before. Like yours, is it your sister or sister in law? I'm sorry, what you said, sister in law. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the most I'd heard of in a in a person that would be close enough to me to yeah. know them. Yeah. But I was somebody at the golf club I played at in the '90s, and I've told you this before. Somebody who was there, I didn't know them at all. Mm-hmm. And I only heard of them when they won $4 million. Yeah, nice. But I've never seen them. I couldn't identify them. But I mean, yeah. And again, these conversations, just one point leads to the next one. I mean, seriously, $900 million is just overwhelming. What is 
what is what is just a nice comfortable seven point five just a nice comfortable jackpot where yeah. you know expect expectations of those around you aren't as much as they might be if it was more but it would provide you and your family just a nice comfortable <clears throat> Living well, I think seven and a half because that way the expectations of you taking care of everybody and setting them up for life are pretty low. I mean, you can give at seven point five, you can give your nieces, you know, fifty grand or whatever. You can set up your kids with a couple million, and you'll have a few million. Seriously, in Canada, you'd have a three or four million or a couple million left to set you up for the rest of your life. Uh, Anyway, no, I just thought it would be a a fun little game. One little, just a fun game. A point further to that is like. My grandchildren, eight and ten, you could take one million each and invest it now for mm-hmm. them. You know, give it to the Sherps or something, and by the time they're eighteen, twenty-five, you know, they're in great shape. Because um, if you win too much money, not only is the expectation of you sharing it, yeah. like I don't even yeah. know, like I, I, I would be interesting. Like I, I don't, th- there's never been anything in Canada like that. I would be interested to see what happened to the people that won the billion or whatever it was higher than this because yeah they they take half away in taxes so you're left with 500 million dollars it's still too much money for you not to have to a everyone's expecting a lot of money and b for you not to go crazy yeah and then you could think about this with that kind of money i have listen i contribute probably five six hundred dollars a year maybe more between you know inside a thousand dollars a year to princess margaret uh cancer research but only because i buy their their lottery sure now if you were in a position to really sit down and think listen i have all this money and maybe i should think about a charity what that would be because i would have to do all sorts of uh I would have to do all sorts of research on these charities, like where's the money going out of every dollar, what goes to the actual charity and all those things. Yeah, but with that kind of money, you could hire somebody to do the research for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the only person that we know that has a billion dollars, that's what they do. All they do with their the interest of their money is they administer it and give it to charity. And you know why? Often, it's because you have a choice. Give it to the government or give it to a charity. I just want to finish off by saying, Dan, thank you for your thank you for being the best guy with your thirty million dollar contribution to us, and I appreciate it. Okay, maybe you could take okay. some of that Powerball money and start your show, Dan, it yourself. <laughs> maybe I should. It'd be uh, great seat money, wouldn't it? It would. You could eat, you could yeah. produce all the episodes. Okay. I could help people. Really, hire all sorts of uh, non-union people. Uh, Dan Duran's news uh, when uh, when he returns after the Lumbee appearance, and uh, we've got some stuff to get to. Of course, uh, this program is supported not by lottery wins, but by wins for our sponsors. Fred, yes, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan Canada's number one group benefits plan uh, for small business. Uh, again, I keep uh, talking about beating a drum. Uh, Listen, very progressive. This company. Uh, once you uh, look into it, and uh, you you know you consider having a benefits package for your small business, very doable, very affordable. Different levels you can buy in at. Again, very progressive. They've really been all over this mental health aspect, and uh, even developing or giving you access to apps where you can get some help in real time or be referred to the people 
that can help you specifically with your problem, your concern. I mean, it really is a clever, clever uh, situation that they've created. Uh, Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. People there will answer any question you have about... Again, the premiums, what it'll cost you. They've done a great job in keeping, uh, holding the line on premiums over the past few years. But again, it can be done. Uh, a, a lot of small companies think that it's beyond them. Check it out. Chamberplan.ca. Okay, very good. Thank you, sir. Uh, let me just uh, reorganize the, uh, the music here. These are all just songs about money. Here's one. Hang on. Um, Yeah, Fred Ball just checked in. My first general manager was uh, Pat Hurley, and he won a million bucks. I'm sorry, Fred Ball's first general manager or Nancy's? My. Oh, yours. My first general manager, Fred Ball, but I was just about to tell you, it's Nancy's uncle. Fred Ball's wife, Nancy, it was her uncle. That's the closest I've known, like, for the largest. And that was when a million. Like, I know the man personally. No, I know what you mean. I and would that, walk down the street and he'd go, hi, Fred. And you would go, hi, Pat. Hi, hi Pat. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and that's when a million dollars was worth a lot of money. No, I think he did it relatively recently, like within the last 10 years. No, oh, then it was worthless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, in an ideal world, Fred, the first time you got into an electric car, you'd have someone trust walk you through everything you need to know. Just like your parent or driving teacher did when you first learned how to drive. If this, and, well, this is what evnet.ca is offering. If this is your first time trying electric, I recommend the entire full experience. This is these people. They 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 have you have an advisor answering all your questions. Then you take the car home, and you get to experience life in an electric car for a day, for a weekend. For a week, if you want, uh, the number there is 1-800-387-9391. You've heard me talking about it. And you can find out all kinds of things. What models are available in Canada? How far do they go? A lot of questions people ask me. What chargers are located near your house or cottage? What do all the buttons do? It's not, you know what? It's not like driving a regular car. It makes no noise. Um, Should you you install a charging app at your home? I've got one. Uh, There's all kinds of cars available at evnet.ca. The uh, Tesla Model uh, 3, the Kona, the Bolt, the Nissan Leaf. If you're looking to make the switch, this is a great way to transition because you get to experience it before you buy it. That's 1-800-387-9391. It's got a note from uh, Lumby. Hey, bud. He says, Jeff Lumby says, I have an amusing story about our first experience at an emergency hospital in France. If you're interested, see you soon. And I'd say, goddamn, yeah, we're interested, Jeff Lumby. Yes, we are. I wonder if this will be a good news or a bad news. Well, here's what I know. I was uh, speaking with him recently, and uh, the last time he was on the show with us, he had just come back from his river cruise with Brian Hayes of the uh, Anaheim uh, Ducks, a color analyst and former backup goalie for the Montreal Brian. King. Sorry, Brian Hayward. Brian Hayward, sorry. Yeah. Jesus. Former backup goaltender for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Lumby's roommate in Winnipeg when uh, Brian was with the Jets. Mm-hmm. And he was not well then... He had some sort of sickness on the, the train. But since then, he's had some uh, issues with his uh, stomach. 
Yeah. Uh, when I say good news, bad news, I should have said positive, negative news about, you know, the experience and the emergency. I'm interested to find out. Yes. Because I think France, they have health care similar to Canada. Yes, very similar. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. Do you have something? It's like to, I have another thing I wanted to share with you if you hadn't seen it. Uh, do you have a little uh, something, a little palate cleanser, or do you want me to uh, move on? Oh, no, no. It's just uh, I mentioned you at the beginning of the show, and uh, again, it's not going to take much, but, you know, that my narrative of, um, you know, homeless people should be able to just go into any church, you know, in the cold weather. They should find refuge in churches, I think. Uh, as we've said, they don't pay taxes or anything, and, you know, a lot of them sim- sit empty most of the time. Anyway, in the last couple of weeks, there has been a refugee crisis in Toronto where refugees have been come into the city and have nowhere to go, and nobody seems to be helping them at all. Well, there was an, in- an-, an initiative over the, over the past couple of days that they were moved to a couple of churches in North York, and I thought, well, isn't that a lovely story? Like, isn't that... Isn't that what should be done? Rather than lying on the streets, move them into some churches, you know, with a roof over their head and some warmth and maybe some mattresses, whatever. And I thought there is the true spirit of what churches should represent. That is all. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's good. It's just, you know, you just put all the homeless people in churches and uh, and the refugees. Yes. Are these refugees yes. or homeless people? These are refugees. These are refugees. You know, again, with homeless people, often there's some mental issues where, you know, they're mm-hmm. a little reluctant to be sort of put somewhere. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of real estate in uh, the world, especially here in this big city. Mm-hmm. Very expensive real estate that is occupied tax-free. There's a school being built over here. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Catholic school, school? system. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> 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 That's right. You know me. This, this I school hate, thing's over. <laughs> you know me. I hate any education that goes past grade 11. Why bother? Right. <laughs> 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 Anyways, getting back to my very important point. Yeah. But I see, I go by the school almost every day because that's where I take, uh, I have to go past it to take Stan to his park. And there's a, it's a Catholic school being rebuilt. It was there before they tore it down. They're building it again. Right next right. to a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just kind of irks me. The whole separate school system is okay for this one silly little religion where they wear funny hats. Yep. And um, I mean, on the, I know this isn't really the point you're making, which, by the way, is a good point, I think, about the fact that why not use these buildings that are mostly empty mm-hmm. many days of the week? Mm-hmm. To show compassion, sure, and security. Well, like, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what religion is really here for? Yeah, I mean, seriously, these people had nowhere to go to the washroom. Actually, you know, they they. It was sad, and again, there's a whole other issue. And why are these people brought into the country if we don't know what to do with them? That's not fair. Um, yeah. Do you I, have any uh, history? Like, where are they coming from, and and how did they get into the how, what what way were they transported into the country where they ended up on the streets of Toronto in the humid summer of '23? Well, I think uh, through they come into the United States, and then you know that road. I forget. I forget the name of the road there. That uh, the QEW. Links, no, it links New York State with Quebec. It's just a little dirt road that oh, okay. crosses I don't know what you're the border, about. right? And they could cross there. 
unimpeded up until recent history, and I think a lot come in that way. But, you know, various forms, and some declare at the airport and whatever, and... Uh, that's just a situation that, uh, you know, the uh, Western world has to deal with, and uh, we don't do a very good job. Well, I don't know how much time you've spent in the east end of the city, but I happened to be uh, east of Young Street a, a while back, and I told you that I had not known. I mean, I when Charlie, my daughter Charlie, when Charlie lived at Trinity Bellwoods, literally on the street adjacent to the park on the east side, uh, a few summers ago, well, I guess a couple of years ago now, there was an entire city that sprung up mm-hmm. of, tr- of tents and encampments, yeah. and it was moved. Yeah. And so I hadn't seen much of that since Charlie moved. Well, I was in the East End about a month ago, and it's like, it's all over. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a problem. Why not move some of those people into churches? I know. Why it's not give growing... them the option? Yeah. I don't know, Howie. I don't know. Listen. All solutions come with baggage, and I'm sure someone would argue it, sit here and give an argument why and why not. And um, But, number one, give them shelter and then worry about the fallout. Mm. That's uh, what I would say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, wanted, I, I was going to say, have you ever heard, there's a, there's a very famous bit, and uh, it was reposted today by the guy who did it, who we both admire, Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if I thought I love this bit, but I'm not sure if I've ever played it for Fred or if Fred's ever referenced it because it's the kind of thing there. It's kind of, you know, our sense of humor. Mm-hmm. So um, Gervais, one of the series he did was uh, I can't remember the name of it, but, but David Bowie was a guest on it. Have you ever heard of this bit where David Bowie sits at a piano making up a song about Ricky Gervais's character? No. Um. Okay, so this will take a couple seconds, but basically he's sitting in a pub and Ricky Gervais is talking to David Bowie, who's playing himself as a guest on this fictitious, this fictitious show. Okay. And, um, and Ricky Gervais today reposted it by saying, I still can't believe I co-wrote a song with David Bowie. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you do? Uh, I'm in a sitcom. It's called When the Whistle Blows. Mm. Have you seen it? I haven't, no. Is it any good? Can you, nice. hear, that? Can you hear this okay? Okay, good. Oh, just riffraff everywhere. Not going down too well, huh? It's getting six million viewers. Everywhere. I mean, it's... it's not exactly how I meant it to be because the BBC have interfered and sort of chased ratings and made it the lowest common denominator sort of comedy sort of catchphrases and wigs and I, I think I've sold out to be honest but yeah it's difficult isn't it when they, to keep your integrity when you're going for that first little fat man who sold his soul the little little fat man who sold his dream chubby little loser chubby little Loser, national joke. <laughs> no, not not chubby little loser. No, pathetic little fat man. <laughs> no one's bloody laughing. The clown that no one laughs at. They all just wish he died. <laughs> He's so depressed at being useless. The fat man takes his own life. No, no. He's so depressed at being hated. Fatty takes his own life. Fatty, fatso, fatso. Fatso, I like fatso. Yeah, let's go with fatso. Fatso takes his own life. He blows his bloated face off. No. 
<laughs> he blows his stupid brains out. But the twat I'd probably miss. Yes, Linda, I like that. Yeah, so do I. It's brilliant, Linda. He sold his soul for a shot at fame. Catchphrase and wig and the jokes are lame. He's got no style. He's got no grace. He's banal and facile. He's a fat waste of space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody anyway, it, it goes on One, from there. But two, I, three. Here we He's go. Anyway, it's just kind of funny that Ricky Gervais obviously wrote the song along with David Bowie. And, and every time I see it, and I, I wasn't sure if you'd ever seen it, every time I see it, I can't stop singing the tune. Chubby little fat man. How, how old would that be? Very, very old, like years and years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, I'm going to send it to you so you have a chance to actually see <laughs> the whole thing. But uh, I just thought it was kind of cool. And, and Gervais, whenever I guess, whenever he thinks about it, um, uh, shares it. So I was like, oh, I wonder if Fred's seen it. So that's what I did. Yeah, one of my YouTube rabbit holes a couple of weeks ago, I'm watching and I got onto Ricky Gervais and, um, and of course, the Golden Globe stuff. And one of my main takeaways from that is Tom um, Hanks' reaction. Yes. You know, it's Was like, not amused. Yeah, but it's like, Tom, it's a joke. It's a bit. He's having some fun. Like, I, I was just... I was just um, a little taken aback by that, that he sort of missed the point, so to speak. I agree. Took and uh, personally. I've, I've seen that uh, clip. Yeah. Because at the time, think about it, like Gervais was so good at... He was just so... Yeah. You know, the kids say, he so had no fucks to give about any of it. And that's right. why he was so good at it. Right. And that's what it was all about. And then... But it was pretty new at that time. I mean, it was pretty... Yeah. Th- those guys did not like, you know, being tweaked by this uh, guy from the UK. Anyway, yeah. Um, just, just rea- yeah. Yeah. His... I don't know. Um, that's one thing I'll always remember about those amazing appearances on the Golden Globes. Yeah, they they're just... They're brilliant. Brilliant. Um, all right, speaking of brilliant, brilliant, where'd he go? Hang on. Oh, he just left again. I, he was sitting there uh, in the uh, waiting room, and now he's gone. Oh, okay, well, you know what? We'll Another do- thing I saw the other day, Howard, was... Uh, did I talk to you about this? Norm MacDonald was on Dennis Miller's. Yeah, you talked to me yesterday. I mentioned this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the show or off the show. Yeah, it was Anyway, on the show. just look for that one when he talks about Viagra. Oh, my God. Another great bit uh, is Norm MacDonald talking about when his dad died um, and how he had a heart attack. And his heart attacked him. His heart uh, up and attacked him. Uh, there's that one. Uh, so before we get Jeff on, then let's just do this. Let's do what we have to do for uh, for people. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's yeah. coming up this weekend, Howard? Uh, is there a famous uh, golf tournament called the Open Championship? I do believe there is, Howard. Um, and you can wager on the... Well, they just call it the Open, right? Yeah, they call it the Open, Open, really. Yeah, Yeah, they used to call it the British Open when we were kids. Uh, But now it's called the Open Championship. We'll give it another day before we start looking at the odds. It would begin, uh, we'll begin on Thursday, so we'll have a look yesterday. But uh, the point being, you can wager on the Open, 
at Bodog. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. I like watching the Open because it always seems there's lots of wind. And I yeah, always, always just win because they, they play by the sea. And by the way, where to be so aggravating. I was thinking about you last night. I was watching a, a program from uh, where they're playing it, which is in Liverpool, a mm-hmm. golf course called Hoy Lake. But it's basically right in the right outside of the town. And they showed the statues of the Beatles right. in the center square there in Liverpool. I had not seen that before. Mm hmm. Yeah, oh, maybe the wind won't be so much a factor at a course like that, eh? No, it will be. It's right. It's right it on the. Be? It's yeah. right on the ocean. Right. Um, Jeff can't hear us. Yeah, but I'm not. I haven't. I still have to, some commercials to do, so Jeff can oh, okay. uh, work on that. Um, we're uh, we're talking about. We actually we talked to Tim Daniels last week about this company Boron One. And nothing boring about the world of Boron. Trying to get this out of the ground is not easy. There's only five places on Earth where Boron is commercially, uh, you know, mined. And AaronVentures.com, a.k.a. Boron One, is looking to uncover more opportunities, which could be a great opportunity for you and your portfolio. Aaron Venture strategy is to capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. Check it out or have your uh, person check it out at AaronVentures.com. For many years, entertaining uh, tens and tens of thousands of people in the GTA as a um, tens, tens. tens of Just thousands. Tens <laughs> easy now. I gave you what, what could I have said? Hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people around the GTA as a, a morning man on various radio stations, and now, now entertaining tens of people. <laughs> <laughs> now entertaining hundreds of people as the host of Jeff and Julie moved to France in the middle of a global pandemic for crying out loud. It's Jeff Lumby. Gentlemen, 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 what's going on? I uh, got your note there, dude. I, I was just telling Freddie before. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard it, but I said I've been talking to you a little bit. And I in between being sick on the train, <laughs> you, you also got sick. When you came home to France. That's yeah, just been a party. Find a dime for every time I was sick. <laughs> uh, sick with what? Oh, my God. You you name it. I, I, I had like the COVID thing almost on the uh, Porto trip. And then uh, I had some gastro deal going on when I was in Paris. Real good times there. Two days in the hotel room. That's all right. You know, um, what do you do? Well, wait. So, yeah, I forgot that part. I forgot you went to Paris. So Jeff's brother comes to visit Jeff. He'd never been to Paris. So Jeff meets his brother in Paris and then has got some stomach issue where for two days in one of the most incredible cities in the world, you can't leave your hotel room. Fun. Yeah, I'm shit, shitting myself silly. So I have to stay in the... Uh in the hotel room and uh J- john uh you know he's uh he's a make lemonade kind of guy so similar to his brother oh yeah um, <laughs> yeah but uh he just went out and explored the sites he went to the eiffel tower by himself and a few other spots so he he had a great time but uh yeah it wasn't really the brother to brother 
uh, in Paris kind of uh, two or three days that we were looking forward to. But anyway, it's, uh, it's what do you right. think caused that? Uh, well, I have uh, I have a diverticulosis issue and um, okay, uh, it knots up the intestines. And I guess if you don't eat the absolute correct foods all the time, you get a little. Uh, you get a little problem down below. With so what you happens, been, have you been so. sick since I talked to you? Because the note you just sent me no. about going to emergency. No, no, no. I just said while this was going oh. on, I had. Tell me. I, I did. Well, when we came back from right when we came back from Paris the next day, I checked into the hospital because it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was just it was brutal, and I, I know I knew it was something more than like I knew it wasn't food poisoning because I'm seven days with the trots. Uh, so. Um, yeah, so I, I so Julie uh, drive. We drive in. I wanted to get in there nice and early in the morning, like seven o'clock when they open up, so that there's no big lineup. And sure enough, we were the only ones there, and we were greeted by uh, uh, a uh, security guard. And he said, "What's your code?" We don't. Well, what, what, what code? What do you mean? What is this? The born oh, identity? <laughs> well. To get into emergency in France, you have to dial one five on your cell phone where you're connected to a doctor who diagnoses you and then gives you a code to be uh, admitted into emergency. And at first blush, we thought, this is ridiculous. What if you, you know, have some grisly woodworking accident where you cut both of your hands off? Yeah, you know, or you, or you come in, you got an arrow through your head. Uh, you know, something like that. What What do you have to dial one five? The blood With your is nose? spurting. <laughs> you know, the blood is spurting everywhere. And yeah, hello, hi. Yeah, no, I'm having a great day. You, I mean, you know, it's it's. So I I don't know. It, it, it as we sort of reflected on it. I think it's a better system, provided that if you really have an emergency. Well, so yeah, if there's a real emergency that you you're unable to dial one five, they let you in. I would hope. I mean, I don't know the answer. We don't we didn't have that kind of emergency. But what it what what it's great for is the immediate triage, because, you know, in Canada, you go into emergency and what you're at the mercy of, uh, you know, somebody at reception mm-hmm. who who may or may not have all kinds of medical skills. We don't know. I don't know. Do you know who is doing triage, at, you know, like first Face to face, it's, at a, it's at usually a med- yeah, her it's, name's Bernice. Kathy, her I was going to say, Bernice. no, it's Kathy. Uh, usually, <laughs> Kathy has a medical background. That's why she does triage, <laughs> right? But is she a doctor? No. This is you get so with the with the one five, you actually get connected to a doctor, and they pick up right away. And so this doctor will uh, will analyze your situation, and I guess within that code, puts you into the system for the right care immediately. Mm. So anyway, I mean, you know, I'm sure there are uh, pros and cons to each system. But at, at the beginning, Julie was like fuming because it was like, oh, my God, this country, you're always doing, you know, uh, mm. red tape. You're always so jumping through hoops. Let, let, back up a bit now. Is this similar to Canada where it's um, are you part of a national health care system where it's like, oh, hip, like they have. um they have public health care or whatever yeah. you want to so, call it. Yeah. So it's a combination of both, Fred. Mm-hmm. So you have it's a carte vitale, which is your health card, mm-hmm. and it pays for a certain amount. And then you top up with uh, insurance, which is called a mutual here. And uh, so when you're picking up prescriptions, 
uh, eyeglasses, uh, when you're getting, you know, scans of any kind or blood work, you bring your mutual and they pick up the rest. It depends. And again, you can. You so that can, mutual is insurance you pay for? Yes, you pay. You top and, it up. And, and, it, and it's kind of up to you how much you want to pay. Mm. But then obviously how much you get for what you pay. Well, uh, that's, so, um, that sounds, wouldn't they call that here in Ontario two-tiered? I mean, it's to me, it's the best you can yeah. to me. I, I've always been for a two-tiered system, always, mm-hmm. always, always. And this is a great example of that. Okay. Um, well, because, in some because, cases in Ontario, we do have some two-tiered <laughs> things yeah, available. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, you know, it, you can get seen for money here. You just have to know where to go. Yeah, it's called Buffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's also, you yeah. know, there's there are private practices that will, ex, you know, that that aren't part yeah. of the OHIP system. Right. right. But but the, but the, but not as widespread as this. Is no, no, I understand. Yeah. yeah this yeah. is not a private practice. This is anywhere and it's part mm-hmm. of the system. And I, I actually think it works quite well. We've had a few experiences now using the mutual. Uh, like, for instance, we go in and we pick up. I, I needed some antibiotics. You go to the pharmacy. First of all, you're not waiting 20 minutes or two hours or whatever it takes at the Canadian pharmacies. They do it right there in front of you. And uh, boom, there it is. It costs you zero uh, because it's a combination of your carte vital sure. and your mutual and it's free. But most uh, people here, free? like, we, you know, we have prescriptions with the chamber plan. And, you know, we have if you yep. uh, there's insurance. Um, but I don't know what pharmacies you're going to waiting for two hours. But uh, how are you feeling, by the way? I'm feeling great right now, and then I've got some a bunch of follow-up stuff that I have to deal with here, but uh, eh, whatever. My mom had diverticulitis, and she lived to 87, so you're okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. You're okay until 87. <laughs> <laughs> but after 87, watch out. That's right. So, so again... Um, I, uh, quite that you were quite the critic, are quite the critic of the Ontario healthcare system. Comparing the two, you favor what you're saying is so far you favor the the French yeah. uh, method. So okay. so far I do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and accessibility is, is seems to be uh, a little bit above, especially on the elective uh, on the elective front in Canada. It's very difficult. How far from your house uh, is your hospital? Twelve minutes. So what town is it in? The town where we got the uh, bagels? Villeneuve sur lot Okay, so that's uh and is it a big modern, you know Yeah, where we got the bagels. Where we got the we bagels, that right, town, yeah. Yeah, where oh, we drove right by. Yeah. Bagel I hospital. hear over there too the French nurses wear really short skirts and fishnet oh, yeah. stockings. Is that yeah. true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's not that is not. That is actually inaccurate. Is that who sees you at the beginning <laughs> at this at the uh, entrance yeah. of the hospital? Hello, monsieur. Bonjour, Monsieur Lambie. Look Lundy. what your mutual gets. Ça va bien. So, speaking of Jeff Lumbee, I was thinking of you this morning because you're coming on, and there was a story. This is switch gears here now. There was a story oh, that yeah. uh, um, a friend of yours, and I, and, and I first heard this rumor from my brother, who uh, used to work at the CBC, that uh, Ron McLean might not be uh, coming back to Hockey Night in Canada. And uh, mm. Jeff, Jeff's uh, buddy of Ron's. Um, and it turns out that Ron McLean is coming back. Do you uh, keep in touch with him at all? Is he? Uh, no, I, I have not. Uh, I haven't spoken to Ron for years. Um, and I saw something along those lines, but I just thought it was another one of those fake Facebook memes, you know, because because they tend to pick on Ron a lot on, on Facebook. Yeah. I don't I don't understand what that's all about, but he gets a lot uh, of criticism, actually. Yeah. And so. Uh, 
where did this originate from? And uh, well, that was kind of Fred. We were talking about it before the show, and Fred said, "Was it from one of those fake sites?" I said, "I don't think so," because Stephen Edmonton Steve. Yeah. Is the one that pointed out to me saying that these rumors were around and it turns out that he is coming back to Hockey Night in Canada. But the reason I brought it up, beside the fact is you know him, is I wonder if we're all at the, it's sort of an age thing now where, you know, we're aging out of Hockey Night in Canada and Ron McLean. And at some point, you know, they're going to have to replace, you know, him and a lot of that old guard that we grew up with. Yeah, that's it's an interesting point for sure. Um, and I mean... Ron's role has has changed over the years. I mean, the iterations of his role on on Hockey Night uh, are vast. You know, I mean, he had he had the Sunday hockey thing, the Hockey Day in Canada. There were the number of yeah, yeah. Uh, of of different facilities that he worked on on Hockey Night. So I, I just and even Hockey Night itself has changed. Remember, it was CBC, then it was CBC and Rogers. And then so I, you know, like you almost need a, mm-hmm. a program just to keep up with 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 just the, the personnel at Hockey Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as the story goes, again, I think it was one of those. I was saying to Howard, Jeff, a lot of sports like on social media now, these guys sitting in their basements uh, pretend that they're sports commentators and they'll just <laughs> throw out a rumor off the <laughs> top of their head, just throw it out there to get yeah. clicks and reaction. And apparently there was a couple of those and it was a reaction to one of those fake sites that Hockey Night in Canada, Ron McLean have come out and said, no, that's wrong. I'm back next year. I'm back. And you know year. what? If you ever want accurate information about hockey night and things like that the guy that i would go to and the guy who was the kindest to me uh well there were a couple of them uh that that when i did my little foray on the fan for that summer which was very difficult Mm -hmm. work for me but Mm -hmm. the the, the two kindest guys to me on on that were elliot friedman and and jeff merrick and i mean if you wanted to kind of yeah, you, you get it from the horse's mouth. Those are the two guys that I would be talking to. They they seem to know what's going on. They're mm-hmm. also just real pros, as opposed to some of the other clowns yeah. that were working there at the time. Yeah, the Merrick thing to me is bewildering because a couple of years ago he looked like Ron's heir apparent, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I know this David Amber guy has sort of emerged beyond Merrick. But Jeff is hardly does television at all when it comes to hockey in Canada, um, mm-hmm. other than doing that little bit between the second and third period. Part of me thinks he that may have been his choice because he does the yeah. radio show every day. But you never know. He's so smooth and he's just. Uh, yeah. And, and he, Elliot is Elliot yeah. just knows. Well, we, I was going to say, Jeff and I, we go back. Was, wasn't Elliot mm-hmm. hanging around when you and I were working in Montreal? Like, we, didn't we know him somehow? Elliot Friedman? Or no, no, you're thinking of Elliot yeah. Price. Elliot Price, yeah. okay. And well, yeah. Merrick did news on our morning show at Mojo, so we've known Jeff a long time. And Jeff's oh, I didn't one- know that. Yes, brother. Oh, yeah. Jeff cool. was uh, Jeff was hosting a show on AM 640 before it turned into Mojo, uh, a wrestling show. And then he was sort of hanging around the radio station, and Fred and I caught on to him early, and we went to our boss, Stu Myers. Is it Stu Myers? Yeah. And said, because uh, we needed a news person, we said, how about that Merrick kid? And, nice. uh, and he was so good with us. And yeah, uh, because well, he's just a he's just a great egg. And he's a great. You know, not only is he a great egg, but he's you know, it's funny because you can identify talent early on. Early on, mm-hmm, he was yeah. always pretty good. Smart kid. Funny. Um, 
and was great doing the news on our show. And then from time to time, we'll still appear with the old guys and talk some hockey mm-hmm. and some sports. Yeah. But in but terms it, of Ron, I, you know what? You may be right, Howard. Maybe they're uh, trying to lessen the, his load, lessen his exposure, bring in the new faces. I, I have no idea. It, it's funny. Um, like, <laughs> Ron will never need another penny in his life. Yeah. He's one of these guys, though, that I think identifies with his job more than anything in life. I, I mean, I may, I'm, I'm, I may not may be speaking out of turn, but, uh, you know, there's a guy who could have retired a long time ago, but has chosen to stay with it. I think he loves, first of all, he loves playing hockey. He loves anything about hockey. Refereeing. He, refereeing hockey. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Fred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he's just, a, he's just a genuine article. He's just so good at his craft. I just, I can't, I can't imagine him being, replaced by somebody with more knowledge or more charisma that, mm-hmm. th- that's that's just my thought. well they tried it with george that didn't work yeah well. that's right no it didn't but and, to what you're uh, saying jeff i mean a lot of guys in their 60s ron mcclain doesn't need to work you know uh freddie probably doesn't need to i do because of the divorce but um i, I mean as, but as far as enjoying what we do i can i mm-hmm. i'm sure ron mcclain just wants to continue because he loves it yeah. Not, not so much, and, and yes, identifies with his job. But what I didn't understand, and my older brother has pointed this out a couple times, I, I didn't because I like the guy so much. I really didn't, and I'm not that involved in it. Where, where all the criticism comes from? Is it just people sick of his act, or? Well, he he inserts quite a bit of social commentary into it, and I think that's what rubs people the wrong way. Howard. Okay. Like, he'll often sort of step down and go off on something that's like, wow, is this Hockey Night in Canada? And I think that's where it comes from. And that has sort of snowballed over the years, although I believe last year he was told to pull it back a bit. I do believe. And the other thing is the identity with, with Grapes, which was, exactly. which was a remarkable tandem. Mm-hmm. One couldn't work without the other. Like, you couldn't just put Grapes on the air. You needed... You needed uh, the backstop of Ron to go, oh, well, what grapes really means here is, mm-hmm. you know, like you definitely the, the two of them worked, you know, harmoniously for all those years. So I think there's uh, that identity that is now missed. And so, you know, with Ron clearly on his own. And I mean, certainly uh, like the, the, the guy doesn't need to show his resume. OK, yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying that there was that huge identity. And when. um uh, grapes was let go a lot of people thought ron and this happens so often in business was disloyal by continuing on without him which is just so ridiculous yeah it's ridiculous so yeah. many people are put in that position it's like one guy gets fired and you expect the other guy to leave because of it well that's not reality yeah welcome and the thing is about yeah welcome McClane's, to me and welcome to me in 2005 well that that's what yeah yeah Exactly. With me, I, I understand that. And I, I appreciate what you have would have gone through. And again, it just doesn't make sense because we all, you know, we need to live. It's like um, my, my but, daughter saying, Daddy, how come you don't have a job? Because Fred doesn't have a job, honey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. The, the thing is with McLean, too, when you think about not wanting to leave that job, like just think about it. I don't know what his weekly schedule is, but, you know, doing that on Saturday night, I don't know how much. You know, pre-production there is or how many days he has to go in and then most of the summer is off and what the payment is. It's a pretty good gig. Why would you want to give that up? Well, and and when you say most of the summer is off, it's not off during Olympics. It's not off during Commonwealth Games. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like he he does other things besides Mm -hmm. hockey uh, and has done over the years. Um, what, What has baffled me 
is his loyalty to CBC because I'm sure offers mm-hmm. have come his way. Are you kidding me? Like, I don't know for sure, but I mean, you wouldn't you think that he's entertained offers over the years? Yeah, mm-hmm. but how much, you know, at some point, you know, it's the it's the comfort with the gig and how much more money, you know, does a guy need to make? I mean, yeah, I'm sure maybe NBC would have come to him 20 years ago, but, you know, all that goes with upheaval and moving your family. Um, the whole uh, devil, you know, situation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So before I let you go, uh, I'm not, I was going to go in one direction, but I, I want to talk quickly. Um, let everyone know that Jeff and Julie moves to France in a global pandemic uh, is out every Friday. Uh, new new episodes are uh, back. Uh, you guys still doing it through the summer, I'm sure. Yeah, we've had a few days off, a few Fridays off nice. uh, this summer, but right now we're on a week-to-week basis, and uh, we just did number 75 with my brother uh, this last week. So Amazing. That was nice. kind of fun. Yeah. Good for you. Again, yeah. a lot of people have been like, I like to do a podcast, and they get to episode five, like, this podcast is hard. Uh, so congratulations. <laughs> um, just quickly, I was telling Fred about a documentary. We, we've been talking about these sports documentaries lately, and one of the ones that I started watching is called Quarterbacks on Netflix. I just start. I just started watching it last night, dude. I, I was going to say to Freddie, I've been, I, we, last night it was episode four. I'm finding it fascinating. I'm finding it fascinating too. I've only watched. Uh, I, I don't even think we. I made it through the first episode, uh, but I, you know, I, not because I didn't want to. And I mean, it's so. I'm I'm like I go back to like Joe Feisman and stuff like that. So these guys are kind of new to me. Mahomes is just I mean, that's that's as good as it gets, I think, in in terms of the sport, really. But I'll tell you, you'll find the other two stories fascinating because Kirk Cousins from the Vikings and uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Fuck, it's terrible. Moriarty. Yeah. Moriata, Moriata. <laughs> yeah, he's the villain yeah. in uh, Sherlock Holmes. But yeah. anyway, Fred. So last night, so I've watched four episodes now. The third episode was how hard these guys get hit every game, which is outrageous. Like yeah. they just show how much what beating they take every time they release a pass, they get hit. And uh, I was telling Fred, there's a cute story where Mahomes compliments guys as they rush him because as he says, I want them to be nice to me. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. But last night's episode was all about the preparation, the mental side of it. And I'm going to tell you, it's one of my favorite episodes of a sports kind of documentary because I had no idea. I guess I would have thought about it theoretically, but how much studying this position takes each week is just ridiculous. Well, it's and it's not about learning your stuff. It's about learning the defense. And I mean, that's... Not that's only is it about learning the defense, but it's also learning new plays every week. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy to me. Uh, and, and, you know, again, I didn't really know what they go through. And I know they get plays now called in from the coach. But it's they have to know what those plays are. And they have to also, you know, memorize something new from basically Monday through Saturday every week. I don't think there's a there's a position in sports where more multitasking yes. is involved. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know, beyond the the key uh, offensive positions, um, quarterback, running back, and stuff like that, wide receivers, some of the most highly highly paid players in the NFL are offensive linemen. And you watch during the draft, they're act they're often drafted right near the top. And it goes back to what you're saying, Howard. It's because, you know, it's not one steamboat, two steamboat, and rush. Yeah. It's like on snap, they rush. And it just shows to protect those assets, those quarterbacks, you need guys on that offensive line that are at the top of their game. Like some of the most, well, they're some of the most valuable, valued players in the NFL are offensive linemen for that well, reason. Well, think, think about it. If the, if the quarterback doesn't have time to get his playoff, yeah. you're going to have zero offense. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. Just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
and that's why it, I'm often amused when you watch the NFL draft offensive linemen how high they go in the draft. That's why. makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's it really is something. It's it's Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kirk Cousins, who I really didn't know much about, but is a pretty cool guy. He used to and, be on my Washington squad. That's right. He was there for years. He was the um, what was his big phrase? Uh, you like that? That was you like of, that, yeah. You like that? And and we got to get the other guy's name here because I feel stupid. Here it is. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, and, exactly uh, what I said. Mariota. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mariota. Yeah. Um, all right. Listen, Jeff and Julie, continue to pump out the, uh, the goodness. And uh, we always appreciate you dropping in, my friend. Glad you're feeling better. Thanks, pal. Thanks, All right. boys. And really and good Jeff, to see you. And yeah, um, you know, way with diverticulitis, they tell you to stay away from seeds like tomatoes, yeah. little seeds right, yeah. that can get caught in your pol- polyps there. And, and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm working yeah. on it. You know where he learned that from Bernice when he went to the hospital. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that other thing. We'll uh, definitely have yeah, a look at it. Okay. Thanks, laddies. All right, my brother. This is Jeff Lumby. A new episode of his podcast each and every uh, Friday, produced lovingly by the Humble and Fred uh, uh, Radio.com company. And Fred, uh, this program is supported each and every day by the following people. Oh, like Arkadak, a full-service turnkey building partner for their clients. That means Arkadak... Well, they will help you create the design. Yeah, what you have in mind as well, right down to the exacting level of detail. And then Architect makes it, uh, well, they make sure it gets built to your exact specifications. Hey, it's your backyard. It's got to be done your way. It's got to be done right. It makes it simpler for a client to be right on top, involved in the job. In the job. Now, Architect, they will source the materials. Uh, they make sure uh, it meets building code requirements, which is often for you know the average person a little beyond their knowledge. They prepare the construction plans, apply for permits, again, which can be a drag, a pain in the butt, and uh, they manage the job site professionally. You can see it before your eyes. Working with Architect ensures that uh, you get what you want and that it's done right. 647-775-9222. The phone number or uh, contact them at architect.com. Trying to get this other music here. Here we go. Bum, bum, bum. See, I have no way to crossfade. I just have to stop it. Here we go. Magical music of the spinners. It's one of the uh, late 70s superstar songs. I used to play this when we were working at CHAB. I uh, bring it up because it's all about being a little bit more bendy at stretchlab.com. You can improve your sports performance. Uh, I can't wait to hear what your son says after his first stretch with a stretch, a, a flexologist. This is pretty cool stuff, my friend. You know, it's it's assisted stretching. You've experienced this before in your lifetime, and I can tell you, it does all the things they say it do. It do. It do. Mm-hmm. Increases your it range. Do real of, good. It do real <laughs> it do. good. It do so much goodness. Increases your range of motion and your flexibility. Attention golfers. I got to tell you, I play a little bit of golf. And at my age, I spend a lot of time when I'm not golfing doing things to make uh, the pain uh, go away. And that is a lot of, you know, we get older and we get stiff. So I go to yoga. I go to the stretching. I do what I can. 
to keep the muscle and joint pain down. And if you're like me and you're a golfer, this is definitely going to improve your sports performance. Right now for $59, you can get a 50-minute stretch. That includes an assessment, and you will be a convert. Do yourself a favor, people. Go to stretchlab.com and book your, your first appointment, and you'll be on your way. Yeah, I was thinking of you. I'm sorry? I was thinking of you after last night's episode, because I didn't watch any TV. I watched one episode of television last night. I was so proud of myself. I had all sorts of stuff to do, and I made I made a point of not watching TV. I talked to Senora Julia, then I took Stan for a walk, and then I said, okay, I'm going to watch one episode. And I almost texted you after and said, dude, start watching this, because... I know you love sports, but it's the way... And, and again, I don't have any... Uh, you know, these teams mean nothing to me. And the NFL barely does. But I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, and so will you. Like, again, I know a lot of the stuff, theoretically, that the coach is talking to the quarterback. But I had no idea how, it's, how they implement everything. Mm-hmm. And how everyone has to know what everyone's doing on every play. And mm-hmm. it's, really, it was, it's really well done. You'll like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will. And I know you wait till the fall and everything, but uh, if you are looking for something just to give you a, you know, an hour away, you should uh, check it out. What were you going to say? Well, I had my grandkids in the pool last night till almost ten o'clock. Nice. And I had to make sure they didn't drown. So did, did, I was going to say, did they, did they want to come out? But you're like, no, you stand, you swim. <laughs> no, no, they're little fish. They are little fish. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, and that's a. I've made that point to you before too. Like, you know, I'm a Leaf fan. I'm a Blue Jay fan. The idea of me sitting down and watching a hockey game not involving the Leafs, I I have a real rough time doing that. Mm-hmm. Same with the Blue Jays. You, you might do it and hope you get pulled into it, but NFL doesn't matter who's playing. I can watch an NFL game. It's interesting. You well, know, I, I will tell you, the Buffalo Bills, but you know, Kansas City and the Rams. It's like, oh yeah, I'll watch that. Like, I watched more I NFL games last why, year than I have in years. I watched almost mm-hmm. every Buffalo game, and I'm and I'm looking forward to it now with a different kind of um, perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't watch a. I actually now you know I, I I'll check myself. I would watch a Kansas City game now because I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. Now, and I would watch a Kirk Cousins game because I have a sense of who he is as a guy, a little bit of a Bible thumper, but that's fine. But Mm -hmm. let me give you some perspective on uh, money, though. So I mentioned yesterday Mahomes is making 45, which is not the highest paid guy in the league. Don't know what Josh Allen is probably in that area. And he makes another 45 or 50 off the field. But do you know who Lionel Messi is? Yes. Lionel Messi is a big superstar soccer player, football player. Mm-hmm. He just signed with an MLS team, uh, mm-hmm. Miami, Inter-Miami. Inter- yes. For $150 million, which will bring his career on field, by the way. This isn't mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. field. So all the teams he's played for, his on-field earnings to $1.6 billion. He also has a revenue sharing deal in place with MLS partners Apple, Adidas, Adidas, and Fanatics, and endorsements with Budweiser, MasterCard, and Pepsi. So if I'm reading this right, 
It says career on field mm-hmm. to $1.6 billion. Yeah, it's quite the story in Miami. He only wanted, apparently he loves Miami. So if he was going to be drawn into the MLS, MLS, he would, uh, it was going to be Miami and they've put the deal together. I mean, it's great, you know, because, you know, he's arguably the greatest soccer player of all time. There's people that say that. So now that he's part of MLS, uh, yeah, it's quite the coup. And, uh, you know, you take the highest the highest paid player. Did you know that before this, I believe, played for TFC? Uh, uh, Insigne or whatever his name is. I, see, I hardly even know his name. Um, $14.5 million TFC is paying him, which is huge for MLS. And mm-hmm. I believe he was the highest paid yearly player wow. uh, in the league. And the return on that investment has not been very good. Uh, to be honest, I don't know if this 150 is for one year or two years, but it's not for it's not a multi. It's it's not like a 10 year deal. It's a couple of right. years. Well, it would have to be up there again because that guy could pretty much play wherever he wants. Right. Amazing. And it just goes to show you just how, you know, until quite recently, because, you know, you and I have talked more about football, soccer since, you know, welcome to Wrexham and Ted Lasso in the last three or four years. I wouldn't have known who Lionel Messi was before a couple of years ago, but I had no idea that over the course of his career, he'd, you know, socked away 1.6 B. Well, it was a big story, I believe, during the recent World Cup. Yes. He needed, you know, that's one feather he didn't have in his cap, and now he does. What was the feather? What, to be the highest paid guy? No, Argentina. Won oh, I see. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we're just waiting on uh, Dan DeRue here. Um that guy for the uh, TFC is Lorenzo Insigne. Mm. Plays for, uh, but he seems to be injured all the time, and it just hasn't it hasn't worked out the way they had hoped. I had no idea TFC players were getting paid that kind of money. He'd be the highest paid guy in town. No, basketball. Raptors oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Paid. Yeah, Raptors, yeah. like, they're 30, 35 million a year. Yeah, sorry. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, even more than baseball players now, basketball players. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But it used to be baseball, not, but basketball's just forged ahead. And you mentioned some of the NFL players, too, but general um, average salary, I would think NBA would be at the top now. Well, because there are only 12 guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Duran surprises us by uh, popping in every so often and telling us about the progress on his DIY show called Dan in Your House. Uh, D, uh, Dan in, what did I call it? Dan in uh, Improvements. Dan Improves Your Home. <laughs> Dan, great great no, name that you Dan came it, up with Sorry, for me. Dan it yourself. Don't remember it yourself. You yeah, know, it was an hour, dude. It was an hour ago. Dan <clears throat> it yourself. That's right. you come, did you come up with some concepts while um, you were away? Mm-hmm. Sure. Danny, yourself. I've come up with concepts. <laughs> uh, Dan did send like, me something. Dan sent what? me something. Uh, Dan sent me something earlier today that I thought was very interesting. You know how we like to say things are interesting. I'm just trying to Yeah. All right. Where is it, Dan, that you sent me the... The AI thing? 
Yeah, I have it somewhere. I just don't know where I fucking put it. All right. Well, it just uh, as the cavalcade explain, continues. Yeah, why don't you explain what it is while I find it? Well, there's uh, this new Barbie movie. Right. right. Pe- people are all excited about. And somebody decided to go to AI and uh, get Johnny Cash to sing the Barbie song. So that's what that is. Can you resend there's it to me? a Barbie song? Yeah. You'll recognize it. Did you text it to me or did you message like you emailed it to I me? Emailed it, yeah. Well, Actually, my really... son Colton sent it to me. Yeah, and I immediately sent it to you. Well, did I send it back to you? Can you just send it to me, please? Uh, working on it. Okay. Thank you. You're a good working boy. Yeah. Um, Barbie movie looks. Uh, I've seen a. I was in a movie recently with uh, ex-wife Randy, and we saw the trailer. I don't know. It looks, you know, because I like Margot Robbie. She's cute, and. Um, is it for kids? I think it's for adults, actually. Oh, okay. Adults that played with Barbie. Well, maybe. who? yeah, I mean, we all grew up uh, Barbie Ken, so all the references, but it's about Barbie who lives in this Barbie world and then somehow gets sucked into the real world. Will Ferrell's in it. It looks pretty good, you know, as far as, but I, I don't think you need to go to a movie theater to see it. Just wait till you can, uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Colton, uh, here we go. So this is a... Um, you, so you'll recognize the song, but it's Johnny Cash, AI, AI Johnny Cash singing the Barbie song. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic, it's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Unbelievable. Come on, Barbie, let's go party, because I'm in a Barbie world. So, yeah, that's the Barbie song. Do you recognize that at all? The Barbie... Uh, not really, no. to be honest. But isn't it amazing they could take that man's voice, manipulate it? It's really something, actually. Well, it's not even manipulated. It's just recreated with the you know, zeros and ones with the the AI engine okay which maybe not so what is what's the problem with the word manipulate how is it different than they manipulated that man's voice because it's generated because you're not manipulating a an, a known thing okay yeah, well <laughs> okay. i mean you're not taking you're not taking an actual song and manipulating it with no okay okay well that's generative i misspoke so it's created from scratch i misspoke somehow they've generated this man's voice from the dead <laughs> from yeah. from being dead to making him sing the barbie song my voice was only mine oh, there's some level of sadness to me because you know now it's an attack on quirkiness just think if you could get you know, Johnny Cash is dead, but at the time, actually get him to sing a song like that, and people go, look, there's Johnny Cash, he's having fun singing the Barbie song. The Barbie song. song, yeah. It's gone, all that stuff. Because yeah, you'll never know, was it done intentionally, was it done for fun, or was it generated? Uh, manipulated. Man, don't say manipulated, Dad will get all over you. No, in some, <laughs> in some studio, you know. Like, I know, man, it's terrible. It's troubling, this AI. And you know, Howard, yesterday, uh, Dan, I heard, again, further to this actors and writers strike, the studios defending themselves against the AI Mm -hmm. um, idea 
and other levels saying, you know, that, you know, if, if these actors and writers get what they want, the whole industry will be gone. Well, no, it won't. It'll find a way to survive because obviously there's a thirst for movies. Though, you know, it's like you couldn't have what we do without radio. Well, now you have it with podcasts. You know, somebody will figure it out. Mm-hmm. But they're actually defending the AI idea of taking these people these background people that you talked about yesterday and then getting their images and always using them and not paying them like it's it's frightening because that'll transcend so many other businesses as well oh yeah well think about it you know i talked about there's a story of the super bowl ads for Mm 6.5 million dollars that's what they're buying them for and already over the years they've used you know, Dan, wasn't there like a hologram of some famous uh, in some commercials during the Super Bowl? There were some holograms. Well, think, and, and that was early AI generated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so now think about it. You know, a company wants to, you know, the estate of a famous actor pay that estate, and that mm-hmm. actor now can be recreated. If that's if that's the right word, can be um, brought back to life and. Uh, and all of a sudden, that actor's acting again. Well, it's even happened. Well, there's a singer that, that died in 1982, and there's a commercial out there right now with uh, for Volkswagen. Yeah, and I, it would have been authorized in, at some level. Yeah, they, they did a, the deal with their a estate duet with the with the daughter, right? With the daughter, yeah, yeah. The mother, the dead mother, and the daughter, and she's very. very Here's famous. what I hope because because I'm, I'm pretty sure Fred and I are going to go before you because who knows how long you'll probably live forever. But don't you AI humble and Fred and have mm-hmm. us saying all sorts of stupid things? <laughs> um, wasn't one of the first ones if I was um, Natalie and Nat King Cole with Unforgettable? Yes. They yep. did something amazing with that. It wasn't just her and then him. They made it look like they were together. Yes. And then Tupac uh, as well did. Uh, there was a, a some concert where they brought his uh, hologram back. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Duran, are you? Uh, do you feel like you can do the news now after all this? I think I can do a bit of a, a bit of a news. Hey, uh-huh. by the way, uh, if you're uh, looking for another podcast to uh, listen to, this morning's uh, version of the Daily from the New York Times uh, does a whole deep, deeper dive into AI, AI companies, and uh, talks about Sarah Silverman and her objection, and yeah. goes into the sex strike a little. Can bit you send us? So. The, can you send me that? Uh, share send that? It to, you know, the link. By the way, the what's link? going? Is there some noise going on in the background of somebody's place? Because I can hear. Oh, just the outside din here. Okay. Um, I thought I heard somebody's phone playing something. Um, all right. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wine, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is Dan nice Duran. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as fast for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low Indeed it is And now live from another work site In some random stranger's home (laughs) With uh, news and booze Here's Hollywood anchor, movie anchor Dan Duran well, somebody has taken all the poutine joints in Canada, put it together, and figured out where the best poutine in the country is. And it's not in Quebec. Believe what? it or not. Oh. It's not even close. 
Oh. There's, there's actually in the top 10 only one city, Quebec City, that comes in as having the best poutine. And actually, the best value is in, in Quebec City. From all the places in Canada, Victoria comes out victorious. <laughs> See, I did that. With the- that is clever. <laughs> That's the kind Victoria, of thing we can expect on your DIY show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's 25 restaurants in the city that, and they've taken all the uh, the TripAdvisor data sets and sort of figured it out. And uh, the average restaurant rating there for their poutine is uh, uh, 4.12, which is the highest uh, value score is seven. And you know what? Poutine is expensive there, and generally speaking, is expensive. Fifteen fifteen buck for a for a poutine there, or poutine. 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 Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a huge, here's the thing, I'm not a huge poutine fan, but there's never usually, I mean, I will have it, it's not something I order very often, but it's something I consider often. What about you guys? No, if I have fry, I just like fries with uh, a little bit of salt and vinegar, malt do you, vinegar. Do you think I should, when... Uh, Senora Juliet is here, or as you call her, what do you call her? Consuela? Mm-hmm. When Consuela is here, do you think I should take her and, and introduce her to some poutine? Sure. And Nobody after after we, uh, what's that? Yeah. No one will be harmed through that. So maybe yes. some poutine and then some poutine. <laughs> <laughs> what was that second one, Howard? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't. But say I it. get the idea. What's that? Yeah. What's that? Mm-hmm. You didn't say it clearly and concisely. I, I, I said it clearly enough for you to hear it. <laughs> I, I think poutine, right, is the great. And this is one of my 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 only time I went to Quebec City, Dan and uh, Friedrich, was with lady friend, and uh, we were there for four days. And it was the we had it. We were hammered one night after some club we went to. You know, I used to go to clubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you went to some, clubbing. Oh yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. In my 50s. Yeah. So we went to some club and went like one o'clock in the morning, came back to the hotel and there was a poutinery next to us, uh, the hotel. Right. And it was the it was the greatest drunken food ever. Uh-huh. It really is great drunk food. I um, suffer a little bit with lactose intolerance. Like I don't drink milk, especially homogenized milk. And there's certain things, ice cream at certain times. Cheese curds really don't sit well with me either. So I don't, poutine can be good, but I don't feel good after I eat Mm -hmm. it. So I tend to avoid it. What about you, Anchorman Dandere? I look at it and go, that might be good. Yeah. And then I, and then I just don't because every, like for one thing, I'm not a big fan of the gravy on the, I think I like it. And then, you know, then it just sort of, it messes up the, makes the chip all soggy. I'm glad you said that, by the way, because that's what I meant when I say it's not something I order often, but I consider it. Like if it's on a menu, I go, oh yeah, poutine. Because I love French fries and gravies. It was gravy. It was a big uh, staple of food for me growing up as a kid. The cheese, just whatever. But what I think that now they've got these fancy places here in Toronto where it's like all kind of different poutine. You know, poutine Italian, poutine Mexicano, where they just put a bunch of other shit on it. Right. Uh, There was a poutinery in Georgetown. It's gone, I noticed, last time I drove by. And I went there a couple of times to get some for the the kids and they had i think they called it the americano and it was it was uh french fries with gravy and then buffalo wing sauce mm. and 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 then on top of that curdled blue cheese it was excellent interesting i gotta say that was excellent it was blue cheese instead of curds i know you like your blue cheese 
Oh, um, uh, Anchorman. There's a place. There's a place in Peterborough down from where you used to work, Fred, as a program director. I don't know if you knew uh, Howard. Wait, Fred. Was Fred a was a program director. director? Yeah, what? Mm-hmm. No one. That's still there, Dan. That was there when I was there. Yeah, and oh, wow. they've got like over a hundred different versions of mm. tin. It's got a big wall. You can see it from the street of uh, the various mm-hmm. uh, versions of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're checking out. Dan, do you have checking any more out. stories? Because uh, I think we've done enough show. Yeah, that's enough show. Yeah. I, think I, have, a, I have a bunch of bits for tomorrow. I've got another bit I've been working on. <laughs> we'll, uh, and uh, do we have a guest tomorrow? Great question. Let me see. We do. So excited. Tony Clement will be with us, as well as our good friend, the retirement Sherpa. Then, of course, uh, Thursday is our big email show. And uh, when am I going to be able to? Have you been getting any emails? Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think yeah. now. No. By the way, uh, Noel Kasler has been um, absent been on the show for the past few weeks. He He's backed off uh, for the summer, but... Apparently, we'll be back in the fall. We look forward to that. Mm, we do. I'm just trying to see um, what uh, if I think I'm going to need to do the email show tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. After the show, as soon as we're done. Okay. Wait. So we'll have time, Sounds and then good. of course our emails are brought to us. Uh, from our title sponsor, Palma Pasta, Palma Pasta, Palma Pasta, palmapasta.com. They do it all. They've got uh, four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga. And their signature store, which we uh, we rave about, is Palma's Kitchen. You know, I had some avocados from there. Just, they have everything. Uh, palmapasta.com. Now, uh, we thank uh, Jeff Lumby, we thank Dan Duran, and of course, uh, this our newest sponsor, uh, Dan It Yourself, where they, <laughs> you learn how to do all kinds well, of stuff. we got to thank someone else, too. I'm sorry. Retirement Sherpa. Oh, have you not done that yet? No. Oh, hang on a moment. I had no idea. So let's end with a bang. Let's go out with a bang. The retirement Sherpa. Tim, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by tomorrow, and he's going to carry on with what uh, he um, introduced last week about private credit, private equities, you know, um, alternative investments. Uh, Tim will be by to talk about that. He's the retirement Sherpa. RetirementSherpa.ca. By the way, Dan, you don't need to say me that uh, New York Times podcast link because Rudra Rishi Maharaj, our buddy from Gig Sky, has already sent it to me. He's on it. Well, he's, he's a, on a the great cage. assistant to the show. He is actually. He uh, he was asking me something about my Gig Sky unit. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, by the way, that that's what she said. Joke. Nothing mm-hmm. tells me more about somebody's sense of humor. Than them doing that. I'm not. I don't want to be too critical because I know some people that do it. But do, do you ever hear people do that, friend? Oh, all the time. Like I don't. All I need to know about you as a humorist is mm-hmm. if that's what she said comes mm-hmm. up. Like I never. Or you know, he'll say, "Oh, just poke it." Oh, that's what she said. Yeah, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? That stupid. I'm going to say it. That stupid bit. The fucking champ. Fuck, I can't believe it, man. That is a bit that it can... I, it came up the other day. I was playing golf with someone. Hey, remember the champ? 
I'm like, yeah, it was great, you know. No, I know. Fucking well. champ. Yeah, you know, it was at the time it worked well for the individuals that um, you know used it. Used it. That's what she said. <laughs> I can't even do it right. I can't even do it right. Thank God. All right, Dan Duran, you do your thing from DIY. Here's Dan Duran. <laughs> this episode well, of Public Fred. No, no, more, more, more Fred. There's more Fred. Fred had more. Kicker in the twat. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> that's right. We just <laughs> fuck it up. Doesn't even make sense. No, I know. <laughs> that's our version of it. We just fuck it up. Yeah, okay, so that's anyway. good. Now it's our new bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've taken that even makes sense, right? Oh fuck. All right. Time for Dan Duran. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect Outdoor Living, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all the emails, and we've got that Thursday email show coming up, so Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking, subscribing, that helps us out. Really appreciate it if you uh, write a review, say something, give us the hearts and stars. Okay, so, well, this has been a cavalcade. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, watch for Dan It Yourself, workshopping new ideas in the workshop. Yeah, just, just workshopping that tagline. And how about this tagline? Enjoy every gourd damn day. Tables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, just clap your hands. Where's that? I'm